Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We've had a tremendous response to this discipleship series, most of it extremely positive. People are concerned about this. People are concerned about the lack of discipleship that has happened in their lives, in the lives of their children, in the lives of their grandchildren, the lack of perceived maturity among evangelicals. And this is a time where we need to repent, we need to return to church, we need to open up our Bibles, we need to practice our spiritual disciplines, we need to have our quiet times, or whatever you call it, when you spend time with God in prayer, in study, in growth. In the modern church, it's almost like we're so busy we forget to be disciples. There are many worthy causes and many worthy curriculums, but at the same time, I believe that there are moments in our Christian life where we are very busy doing the work of the church, and that's good. I serve. I mean, I'll do anything from the parking lot to preaching. I don't care because it's all serving. But so many times we feel like if the lights are on and there's people in the church, then we're doing well. The point of this program is to harness and encourage the discipleship that should be in the lives of every believer. Again, mostly I've been received a lot of great feedback on this, and people have been very generous and very complimentary. And in some cases, they've let me know that this has caused them to rethink their own spiritual disciplines and commit to deeper Bible study and be more open to the way that God can use them in their day-to-day life and even perhaps a call to ministry. Having said that, I did get one clap back. It was kind of fun to have this conversation as someone said that they disagreed that everyone shouldn't necessarily be a disciple or that everyone may not be equipped to be a disciple maker. And I do agree there needs, before someone becomes a disciple maker, there obviously need to have been a disciple first. There should be a maturity benchmark before we entrust other people to them. But having said that, I think in the past episodes, we've made it kind of clear, discipleship is not a specific spiritual gift. It is something we are all called to. Now, teaching and leading and uh, holding a pastoral office do have specific callings. However, when we create too much hierarchy and delegate those functions exclusively to professional clergy, we are cutting off the true growth engines of our churches and the growth engines of our people when we don't encourage congregants to take on their responsibility first for themselves and their spiritual walk, but then in turn help others on their journey as well. If you missed last week, we're in the middle of a three-part arc in our discipleship series. Last week was, who, me? A disciple? Yes, we talked about how everyone needs to embrace the discipleship journey. Today, we're talking about, who, me? A disciple maker? We typically think that that is reserved for professional clergy or for the select few when really God has called us all to grow in our own discipleship process and in turn invest in the lives of others. And then next week, we're going to talk about who do we disciple? 
we invest in our own lives and become equipped, then that can't help but permeate every aspect of our life to where we're eventually discipling others and we're leading them through either a small group Bible study or through a one-on-one training. That's when multiplication happens. And when I say multiplication, I know that there's church multiplication, there's ministry multiplication. The passion of this program is seeing the multiplication of mature believers who feel comfortable conversing about their faith, sharing their faith, and helping each other on their spiritual journey. There's a lot of hurting people in this world, and we need more than just technologies such as live streams and podcasts or large seated churches to meet those needs. This is a battle that is going to be waged and won in coffee shops, in homes, at the water cooler at work, on the ball field, and in other venues. These are like what we used to call lifestyle evangelism moments where you grow in your maturity. And I'm not even talking about self-promoting yourself as a Christian. I'm talking about, do people trust you? Do they respect you? Do you have yourself together? Do you have a faith that someone else would want? When someone commits themselves to that study and that spiritual growth, people will find you. What's funny, when I look at their disciples, so many of them were such broken and flawed people. And it was Christ's redemption of them and the Holy Spirit's empowering of them that took them and transformed their lives. What's interesting is they remained the relatable Peter in those circumstances. But when you see the transformation, you think, well, if God can redeem him, then he can redeem me. If he can use him, he can use me. Ralph Moore's Making Disciples book There's a chapter that says, every Christian is called into the Great Commission. And he said, as I read the words, every Christian is called into the Great Commission. It hit me that this isn't just a call for leaders or even for churches. Individuals are called to go. And often they go while remaining in the same church. People leave the comfort of a healthy disciple-making group to break out to start another. Sometimes going is painful, costly, or fraught with fear. If hiving off to reach more people is just a nice idea, then we can choose to do it or not. However, if it is part of the Great Commission and it is personal to each of us, then each of us should be willing to bear a little pain for the grand risk at hand. I like what he says in terms of you can be going while you're staying. I am a proponent and a fan of church planting, church planting movements, missional multiplication, etc. Having said that, There's so many times we are so obsessed with the unreached that we fail to disciple those among us. There have been many wonderful churches planted overseas in the 1040 window. There have been many wonderful churches planted in parts of the United States that are underserved. Having also spent many years in what's called the Bible Belt, we are often planting churches to reach our children and grandchildren. Part of my desire to rekindle the church's passion for discipleship is the disconnect that has happened between our generations, whether it's worship style, whether it is biblical literacy, or other issues that divide us. The fact of the matter is, I would want to help create a church that younger generations are not trying to flee. Younger generations who are listening to this, I'll be the first to tell you, you shouldn't be bent on getting your way all the time either. If you're just leaving a church because it's not meeting your particular wants and preferences, I'll be the first to tell you that could possibly be a maturity issue. And that is something that I've watched young people for the last 30 years grow from 
being a consumer in their stance towards church, towards having a authentic and vibrant faith that could grow and flourish regardless of the worship style. When I was when I was in youth ministry, what always struck me is kids who grew up in very very lavish youth ministries with high production values and amazing trips often found themselves as young adults in college ministries that were incredibly low tech and relational. I want to see more believers whose hearts are broken for the lost, whose eyes are on Christ, who, when they think about the main calls to discipleship, follow me. That means take up your cross and follow Christ. That does not have a lot of qualifiers on it. It doesn't say, follow me if you get your way. Follow me if everything at church went well today. Follow me if I make all of your dreams come true. It's quite the opposite. Pick up your cross daily and follow me. Furthermore, he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. That means that we are called to not only commit to our own discipleship path, we are called to be a resource to others and help them in their spiritual journeys. That means we pick each other up when we fall down. It means that we help each other when they're walking in doubt. It means that we comfort each other when we experience loss. It means we celebrate with each other when we have a win. These are the moments that the church becomes the church in our life and that we are not called to superficiality nor legalism. We are called to just walk in authentic faith and grow. And when you do that, even when the whole world around you changes dramatically over and over again, amid all of those things, when we pick up our cross daily and follow Christ, that relationship transcends all of those events. It helps us find purpose and meaning and hope amid the very volatile world we live in. As we're doing that, we have to understand that God has a unique call on our lives. And that's why I said, who, me? Yes, you. God is calling you to be a disciple, which in common Greek means pupil, student, apprentice, something along those lines. It means that you are on a growth trajectory, that God is not done with you yet. And he is the teacher. Luke 6.40 says, the, teach, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like their teacher. Of course, the Great Commission says we're to make disciples of all nations and be that gospel witness wherever we are. At this moment, you may be thinking, that you're disqualified, that you are not fit for this or called to this. I just humbly and respectfully disagree. I believe that God has called all of us to, first of all, be disciples. And then at our appointed time, when we're ready, there are opportunities for us to then in turn disciple others. I don't believe that there is a better use of the church's time and resources than to encourage the congregants to find the people around you to have an urgency to share your faith and to walk alongside people who need faith. And once you begin that growth process together, you help them and they help you. And it is the most meaningful aspects of our faith. So friend, I don't know where you are today. I don't know if you're doing well and maybe you're leading small groups yourself. Maybe you're discipling and mentoring others. I'm trying to practice what I preach in that area and I've got my people that I try to connect with every single day and every single week. And then, or maybe you're someone who has finally sought out that relationship and you're growing because there is a mentor and a spiritual mentor in your life who is pouring in you and, and investing in you and equipping you 
with biblical truth. Maybe you're someone who is dissatisfied and needs to decide that they're going to help equip and change the lives of others. I recommend you sit down with your local pastor and talk about how they can help you transition into that kind of ministry and hold you accountable in that progression. And finally, I think if you're someone who is new to faith, I encourage you to join a Bible study, small group, and to start doing community with people, growing in your faith. And at that point, maybe there'll be a discipleship opportunity for you where you can grow. Through the years, I've met a lot of different kinds of people in a lot of different kinds of ministries. But I can tell you those who experienced a mentoring discipleship program there is a discernible difference in their maturity and their outlook and their resiliency as a Christian, as opposed to someone who's just attending church casually. I encourage you to seek that relationship out so they can transform your life and you can in turn be equipped to transform the lives of others. I'm going to end today with a specific passage, John 13, 34 and 35. This says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You are also to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Discipleship is rooted in love. Looking upon the people that need the gospel and need to be taught and instructed in their faith is a very taxing and daunting task, but it is one that is rooted in love and can be life-changing for you and for them. Next week, we're going to talk about how to find that person to disciple. They're all around. And where do you even begin? I think that this is an exciting time. I think God is moving and creating interest for the discipleship making process. And I look forward to that conversation. I pray for you, friend. I hope you're doing well. I know you're thinking to yourself, God, who? Me? Yes, you. He wants you to be a disciple. And he also wants to use you for his glory. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.